Well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from Sludge Central and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. You know, Matt, one thing that comes up often when we talk about the show and the Patronis and everybody that listens to the Purple Stuff podcast is how we speak. A lot of people say, geez, those guys have accents. Maybe you and I don't realize it. Well, I mean, I definitely hear yours because you sound like you actually sound more Brooklyn-y to me than Jersey. It's, but, you know, it's funny. A lot of people from Jersey kind of have that attitude. About, I think it's the attitude. It's the attitude. Yeah. And I have a Long Island accent. The reason why I bring it up is because there's certain words that people say when you're from this area. Okay. And they say them like kind of weird. And one of them that comes to my mind is chocolate. And I don't say chocolate. I just say chocolate. I never gave much consideration to how I say it. So let me just give it a shot. (laughs) Chocolate. I think that's okay. You say it better than ketchup. Ketchup is how you fucking say it, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Ketchup. Well, this is what we're talking about tonight on the Purple Stuff Podcast. We're doing a whole show about chocolate, Matt. I came with props. You hear this? That's my sugar-free dark chocolate pudding cup and some fat-free Ready Whip right on top. Are you saying that I'm doing a show with Carrot Top tonight? Uh (laughs) You have props. (laughs) Oh, this is so good. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yep, the whole show about chocolate. I'm going to eat this during our intro. I hope you don't mind. I can't believe you brought snacks and you're not sharing them. Hey, I can't reach you. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do tonight here on the show, because we've never done a show on chocolate. Can you believe it's taken us so long? We both love chocolate. I mean, we do, but it's not like we do what you're doing right now, like going to go binge uh, Nestle Crunch Bars all night. Mmm, Nestle Crunch Bars are good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think... I've completely lost the thread. I'm just lost in my pudding right now. But I mean, we would like to, right? Yeah. I mean, and at one point in our lives, obviously, like everyone else, we were big chocolate people. So in that, I have to ask you one question. Okay. Growing up, if not now, what was your number one go-to candy bar? Okay, so that's a great question. But do you count Reese's peanut butter cups? Because I, I sort yes. of put them to the Anything, side. Anything? No, no, you can count those. Anything that's like you know in the checkout aisle. Yeah, I mean, I would probably say Reese's peanut butter cups, but like as a traditional candy bar in the shape and traditional sense, it would be probably Snickers, king size Snickers. Oh, God, the king-size Snickers rock. (laughs) You wouldn't think that little extra... I mean, it kind of works in the same principle as uh, other things that I won't mention, but that extra girth really does help the Snickers. It's such a different impact. It hits different. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about king-size Snickers in a while. Mm, I got to have another swig of the pudding after that. (laughs) 
would you go with that king size Snickers as yours? Maybe pick something different just to change it up. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, it's good. Um, well, Snickers was going to be my answer. If I wasn't going to pick Snickers, though, hmm. As a kid, I was really into Twix. Were you really? Yeah. I really loved my Twix. And you know how I used to eat them layer by layer? I would bite off that, like, uh, chocolate caramel yeah. part first and then try to, like, get that cookie as naked mm. as I could. Mm. I did enjoy the cookie portion of it, though. That was the best. Oh, uh, the cookie crunch. Mm-hmm. We're already in a chocolate coma, and we didn't even start yet. So we're going to run through some of our favorite notable chocolate things as we move through the show tonight. By and large, our picks tonight are kind of outside the box for us. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are going to expect a lot of these. All right, so who's kicking things off tonight, Matt? Um, I guess, is it my turn or your turn? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You t Just tell me what you want to do. <laughs> so tell me what you want. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Right, you got to go first. All right. Number one. Hey, Alan, here's a new Stripe Chips Ahoy cookie. Bet you bite a Stripe a fudge. No way I buy the Stripe. Oh, yeah? I can still handle it. Difficult, but not impossible. One more Stripe coming up. Now that's sneaky. Original, chewy, and now new Stripe Chips Ahoy. Six fudge stripes on the front and one tremendous Stripe on the back. Guess I bit a Stripe. Jay, I feel like I might have brought this up on the show before, but I couldn't do a chocolate show and not talk about what is probably my all-time favorite cookie, Striped Chips Ahoy. Ooh. Yeah, I think these came out 86, 87-ish, somewhere around there. And while the internet at large is at least aware that they existed, I think you had to be there to understand how fucking good those cookies were. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. This was a big deal. These were essentially regular Chips Ahoy cookies, and then on the bottom, they had this, like, thick chocolate shell, and then the fronts had stripes of chocolate. Like, it almost looked like Chips Ahoy cookies that were in prison. I was thinking the exact same thing. That's what yeah. I thought. I'm like, are they trying to symbolize a prison or a jail cell? It didn't make sense. It definitely looks like that, like cookies in jail. And <laughs> there was something so distinct about the flavor of the fudge they used. To this day, I have never tasted another chocolate quite like that. It had a genuine flavor to it. The only thing that like kind of comes close for me, if you remember the gooey filling from Keebler's Magic Middles, it was somewhere in that area, but in my opinion, even better. You see, you brought up Keebler, and for me, I always felt like Keebler had the edge over Chips Ahoy. Keebler what? Magic Middles? No, just in general. I just thought they were a little bit better. Well, you know what? Then you should have fucking made that one of your picks tonight, Jay. <laughs> but these are your favorite cookie of all time? Okay, you know how certain fancy desserts, they like tickle the back of your throat, and it's almost like an orgasmic thing when you eat them? Jeez, we're talking king size Snicker bars. I'm sorry. What can I say? I'm horny for fucking chocolate tonight. <laughs> There's something dancing in the back of your throat. Okay. <laughs> now I need more pudding. Thanks. Mm. Oh, it's good. Dude, you got to try this. This sugar free dark chocolate jello pudding. It is just divine. <laughs> anyway, Stripe Chips Ahoy. 
I swear, those low rent two dollar grocery store cookies for me, it was like eating at like a four star restaurant, the dessert course. I loved that. Just because they had the jail cell sprayed on the front of it. It wasn't just that they were striped, it's that the fudge they used to stripe them was oh, like Oh, that's so what you're saying. That's what good. sold it. That fudge quality. The quality of the fudge. I mean, eating those things was like a religious experience. Okay. You know how when you were a kid, if the snack was extra good, you wouldn't just like eat it in the kitchen. You'd kind of run off so you could have privacy. Oh, like a squirrel. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. 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 No one could see you put that snack wherever you put it. I have a Puma zip up on right now, so I would stick it inside and zip my jacket back up. <laughs> and just look both ways and then scurry away. You are kind of like a secret eater in general, I've noticed. I'm like, you'll like go to the corner where there's food and just sort of like hover. Because <laughs> no one can watch me eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to maintain the illusion that you don't. I'm like lips manless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, come on. Striped Chips Ahoy are the quintessential cookie. Is that the word of the night again? Yeah, I think we're going to go with quintessential. And a big part of it for me, aside from the taste and the stripes, was the packaging. Oh, yes. So in contrast with the regular Chips Ahoy's blue bag, the striped versions came in that like awesome white bag. It was so attractive. All the varieties had their own look. So like you said, it had the white bag. And, and the commercial, too, really put it over. It was like a drawing of a TV that the kid was in. Yeah, uh, we don't get commercials like that anymore. Yeah, and I think the conceit of the commercial was bet you bite a stripe, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to bet you bite. First of all, like there was no way to bite a striped chips <laughs> cookie and not bite a stripe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, but take a lot of work. <laughs> and the last thing I want to point out here, striped chips ahoy, aside from the TV commercials, do you remember how they used to get advertised like crazy in comic books back then? Absolutely. Yeah, that was how I really thought Chips Ahoy was the real deal because they were in the back of comics. Chips Ahoy was just all over comic books in general throughout the 80s and part of the 90s, but the ads they came up with for Striped Chips Ahoy were so bizarre. Do you remember the one where you would like have to cut out the little pictures and make a Striped Chips Ahoy flip book? Yes. <laughs> but could you imagine a kid buying a comic book and immediately tearing it apart <laughs> to make a Striped Chips Ahoy flip book? <laughs> Anyway, in the vast sea of Chips Ahoy spinoffs, this is the rare one that surpasses the original for me, and I hope Nabisco brings them back someday. Can chocolate come in spots and stripes? Mr. Christie's new striped Chips Ahoy have chocolate spots inside with lots of chocolatey stripes on top and one that's extra wide. Is that a spot or a stripe? Every Mr. Christie cookie has something good inside. Number two. Oh boy, someone else is making devil's food cookies besides snack wells. <laughs> now those ladies will leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Think they'll be anything like our snack wells? I hope so. What are you trying to pull? These are nothing like my snack wells, devil's food cookies. Where's my cookie man? There he is! <gasps> you cookie man! So chocolatey. Only one devil's food cookie deserves to be called snack wells. Fat-free snack wells. So good. Can we ever make enough? Thank you, honey. So, Matt, tonight my first pick is Snackwell's cookies from 1992, particularly the devil's food variety. 
See, this is what I'm saying. Nobody expected snack wells to come up tonight. Yeah, it's uh, something that at the time was geared more toward adults because it was supposed to be not good for you, but less worse. <laughs> less worse. I think that was their official advertising slogan. Yeah. <laughs> and no, you're absolutely right. Like this was like the quintessential junk food for parents. Exactly. And I was right on board because I'm like, oh, if these are not that bad for me, I could just eat more of them. So at the time, they were a little bit more expensive. And these were the cookies that would be sitting in a box like above the refrigerator. As oh, if, like, your yeah, famous yeah. fucking cabinet above the refrigerator. How many stories have you heard about Jay's dad <laughs> and the, uh, the famous cabinet? If you're paying an extra dollar for something that's supposed to save you from all this artery clogging fat, then yeah. you know you got to keep these in a safe condition here. Four sixty nine for six cookies. Come yeah. on. <laughs> to me, they were like striking gold because you know how you were having these crazy convulsions over the chocolate in the last pick. The same thing for me because it had this coating. Each cookie had this sort of. It's hard to describe, but it's almost like a skin, a chocolate skin. It's somewhere in the realm of a Malamar skin. Sort of, but it, but no, because like a Malamar softer. Like crumbles. Yeah, this is yeah. very soft. It it's almost like, it's like you know, leather face ma- if it was exactly. made of chocolate. I'm just thinking the yeah. same fucking thing. That's amazing. You're <laughs> yeah. right. The only thing you could really compare it to is like Leatherface's skin mask. Yeah, skin mask made of chocolate. Exactly. So they had a, a very moist inside. They were devil's food. It was very representative. Like, Well, speaking of devils, would you agree that the inside was essentially like a mushed up devil dog? It's like a wet cake. Like a urinal cake. <laughs> a urinal cake. <laughs> no, it was like a wet cakey vibe and it had that sort of cream on top or whatnot. And then the chocolate covered the whole thing. But they were very good. And I enjoyed them maybe too much because I remember stealing more than a few here and there. You mentioned how uh, people might have overate them because they were less worse for you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read? There's actually a Wikipedia article called The Snackwell Effect. Yeah. Basically, at the time, the idea was that people would overeat the lower-calorie junk foods to the point where it did more damage than the full-calorie junk food. <laughs> exactly. It is funny that you mentioned that because... When I was looking this up, I had no idea that this was like a thing. And it even appeared on an episode of Seinfeld. Like they name dropped this Snackwells reference. Oh, dude. Like, yeah, this was such. I mean, I know they're still around in some form. But like when you look up the old Snackwells box, it just screams early 90s. Really representative of that time for me also. Runaway success. So oh, I, every I read like, house had a box of Snackwells. I read that house. the first five months that they were on shelves, they ranked in the top 10 of all cookies and crackers at the time. Like, that's huge. Say, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't sound that impressive to me, but I would say they were in, like, the top but three. But cookies and crackers. Like, you're oh, talking oh, cookies, oh, oh, dude. Oh, oh, okay. chocolate chip cookies. That changes everything, I'll admit. <laughs> You could still buy these cookies. They're owned by a different company, and they're no longer fat-free. <laughs> Everyone knows the score with the 1990s fat-free foods. They just loaded them with so much sugar. It was essentially carb-loading every time you eat anything that was fat-free. Right. So, yeah, it was a scam. It was a total scam, and it's funny because Snackwell wasn't the guy's name who invented those cookies. It just sounded like a smart diet or something. You're snacking well, yeah. Just snacking well. Yeah. yeah, well. <laughs> you snacked well a few minutes ago. I just have a few more fucking swigs of that pudding. You're talking about <laughs> delicious snack wells, double fudged, whatever the hell's. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Do you make these delicious fat-free Snackwell double scoop cookies? Why, yes, I do. <laughs> you want to tell us why we can't find them in the stores anymore? Well, what is this? You got some explaining to do, Cookie Man. Yeah. They were a little more popular than we expected. Ooh, yeah. This guy's quick. But we're making more as fast as we can. Oh, you're breaking my heart. Hey, I just make the cookies. You want the big boys upstairs. The makers of fat-free Snackwell's Devil's Food Cookies apologize for the short supply. Meanwhile, keep enjoying the other varieties. Yeah, yeah check his trunk. You don't want to do that. Number three. Now, E.T. brings his own favorite cereal to you. New E.T. cereal, made with E.T.'s favorite flavors, chocolate and real peanut butter, shaped like E's and T's. New E.T. cereal. A glowing part of this good breakfast. My second pick is E.T. Cereal, made by General Mills way back in 1984. Giving you the clap. This may have been the first licensed property cereal I ever had, or at least tied with C-3PO's. Yeah, around the same time. And the cereal is very important to me, especially because as a child, I was immensely afraid of E.T. And the cereal is how I got past that. Oh, really? I remember you telling me about the E.T. fear, but I didn't realize that this saved you from it. Well, I think I may have told the story. I went with my family to see the movie at a drive-in, and I was like, what, three? So mm-hmm. seeing E.T. on a fucking drive-in oh giant gosh. screen, a little, yeah. little bit beyond my comfort zone. But you can always trust a character who has a cereal, so I knew he was cool. You're right. If you have a cereal tie-in, you can't be all that bad. Yeah, you're safe. Just safe. <laughs> These were chocolate and peanut butter flavored E's and T's, kind of like a crunchier alphabets. They were more like a rice crispy, almost like um, cocoa crispy, but mixed with peanut butter. Well, I mean, they had to be a little tougher than Cocoa Krispies because they're shaped like E's and T's. You know, they have to hold those shapes. Yeah, but they were like a mix between those two. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would agree with that. Sure, yeah. I'll. You want to meet me in the middle? Yeah. I'll concede the point. <laughs> you don't want to argue. This fucking semantical <laughs> argument. <laughs> you just want. You know what? You win. You, you just win. Want to talk like, about exact, ET cereals, just like Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> Can I get on with the segment? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Christ, man. <laughs> Pick your spots. (laughs) The flavor, obviously, peanut butter and chocolate, that was a way for General Mills to play into the uh, Reese's Pieces obsession without any official team-ups with Hershey's. It was the right move because, gosh, man, chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, and it's like when you say chocolate and peanut butter cereal, this isn't 2022. This is 1984. This is when companies were not afraid to use every freaking chemical out there, any amount of sugar, This was the best peanut butter and chocolate cereal possible. Yeah, when those ingredients equaled absolute deliciousness. Yeah, oh my God, it was so good. And it had a really good TV commercial. Oh my God. Tell me if I'm explaining this right. Basically, you have this family camping out in their backyard, and they think E.T. spaceship is going to land, but it turns out that he traded his ship for a giant flying box of E.T. cereal? Yeah, the E.T. cereal was the spaceship. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you see it. I don't know how anyone sold this idea, (laughs) but it's pretty marvelous to see. Pretty big production for a cereal commercial, too. Oh, it was epic. But cereal commercials back then were pretty epic. Or yeah, all commercials back then were. I mean, look, we still talk about them. 
True, true. And man, that box, beautiful. Oh my God. It's classic. It's akin to the VHS box, which I guess is also akin to the movie poster, but it's so fancy. It should be in the Louvre. It should be. You're right. I love everything about E.T. Serial, Jay. Oh, I do too. So, I mean, I'm with you on that. And I think probably in my top 10 favorite cereals of all time. Really? That's a, that's more impressive than the Snackwell's Cracker statistic. Because <laughs> you're a big cereal guy. Top 10. Wow. I hope you're not just blowing smoke up my ass there. Oh, no. I'm, I'm being totally serious. I do, I do think you may have just said, you know what? I think these are like alphabets and you just go with it. We should put out a Twitter vote and say, were they more like alphabets? But you know what's going to happen? You're going to say, are they more like alphabets? Jay says they're more like Cocoa Krispies, right? And then what's going to happen is they're going to say, well, Matt is the guy with all this stuff. So he knows, he knows best. Sorry, I was, uh, I missed all that. I was eating my pudding again. (laughs) (laughs) number four i love days that never end Playing let's pretend, laughing till I cry, and friends. And I love you too. You'll love the great taste of America's number one snack cake, Little Debbie. And I love you too. Next up for me, Matt, the Little Debbie Brownies. And we're going to have a little bit of a showdown here tonight. Okay. All right. So you're familiar with Little Debbie Brownies, right? Never heard of them, Jay. Right, exactly. Never in my life. (laughs) Actually, when you're talking about the thing that you associate with chocolate the most, like this might be it for me, whether you had a lunchbox or a brown paper bag when you went to lunch and you were in school. God, I forgot the brown paper bag situation. Yep. I was a brown bagger. These little brownies. They came in like, it was like a rectangle and it had a little opening so you could like crack it in half and give one to your best bud. Oh, fuck that. First of all, number one, I didn't have any friends. And number two, I want both sides of my brownie. (laughs) But like the thing is, they had these walnuts on top of them, right? So the first move, at least for me and like 90% of the rest of the lunchroom, was to just turn it to the side and scrape off all the nuts. (laughs) You know, um, I totally agree with you, but in those nuts' defense, they weren't like real nuts. Wait, you're defending nuts now? I'm, Where are I we have, going with this listen, show? Listen, the girth, the girth of those nuts, <laughs> incomparable. But no, I'm serious. They were like softer and milder. It's like they were almost fake nuts. But you're right. You, you did kind of scrape them off anyway. I think you were going to say grape nuts. That would be true also. Grape nuts. Yes, the E.T. cereal was much like grape nuts. <laughs> I vote for that. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, these brownies. You don't remember doing that, though? Of course I do. And not just with the Little Debbie brownies, with anything that had chopped nuts <laughs> on it. 
I agree. I used to get Almond Joy over Mounds simply because I liked the blue color better, but I hated Almond, so oh, I would rip it off and just throw Dude, it. Mounds was so much better, but like now, I want the almonds and, and walnuts oh, and God. What, pecans. We don't know, if we could just go back, if I could tell Kid Me anything, oh, yeah. anything in the world, I wouldn't tell him what stocks to play, anything You gotta like have these nuts! You gotta have these nuts! <laughs> So anyway, the top of the brownie had this sort of like fudge situation on top of it. The brownies then and now, the thing about Little Debbie's brownies is that they almost felt like they were homemade. They did. They really so did. It yeah. really was like, they're always freaking delicious. Because yeah. even when they suck, they just taste like something your mom made. They kept their softness, which was great too. But anyway, I mentioned in the beginning of the segment, like 45 minutes ago, that this was a showdown. Yep. And the showdown is between the Cosmic Brownies, which were introduced 30 years after the Fudge Brownies. The Cosmic Brownies were introduced in 1999, and they have these sort of almost like little M&M type things that were dropped on top of it. I suppose those are meant to, I don't know, how does that tie into the word Cosmic? So, I don't know. You want to know something awesome? Sure. And you, you think I'm dropping facts tonight. Get this. You're going to lose your lunch, my friend. This brownie is based off the cosmic bowling trend of the late 90s. Holy <laughs> fucking shit! Oh my god, are you kidding? Yes. You know, I love that you knew that that was going to fucking excite the living shit out of me. Because it does. I know. Oh my god, I just went from a 2 to a 10. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was standing at attention when I was talking about the thick Snickers? You should see me now. I can't fucking stand. <laughs> Are you kidding? That makes so much sense. Because it's the carpet from the bowling alley. Yeah, the balls. And the balls. <laughs> These nuts. Yeah, the bowling balls. Even the box. If you look at the current Cosmic Brownies box... There's nothing cosmic about it. Right. But now that you explain this to me, I'm like, yeah, it's a fucking bowling alley carpet. Yeah, it is. Because at first you're trying to think, hmm, I wonder if this is like, it's supposed to be the stars and the moon. That doesn't make sense. No. Oh, a cosmic bowling alley. That makes complete sense. Now, please, please tell me that this wasn't a goddamn J joke. <laughs> It's not, I swear. You can look at the Little right, Debbie hold on. I'm fudge it up. Cosmic Brownies cosmic situation. Cosmic Brownies Cosmic <laughs> Bowling. Let me see if I get any matches there. What you don't know about Cosmic Brownies and Little... Oh, God, you're right. It is fucking for real. <gasps> oh, my God. Yep, these iconic brownies celebrate out of this world with bowling alleys in mind. <laughs> That's incredible. Little Debbie herself is saying this. She actually says it. And we can go and get those stickers at the end, those hologram stickers on the way out. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Play a little Street Fighter 2. For Cosmic Brownies, the stars would align when they came to the party. In 1999, a rich, chewy brownie with stellar fudge icing and cosmic candy. Oh, dude, so enticing. Everybody loves the brownies we make, so share some and smile. Today, we bake. Number five. Hey, you must be the new blue M&M's. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. How's it feel being the new guys? Dad, come on. <gasps> Get back in the bag. Well, that was a brilliant idea. I'm dizzy. The new blue M&M's, except no imitations. Oh, man, I got nothing that's going to top that. <laughs> 
that cosmic brownie, cosmic bowling connection, but it is time for us to celebrate blue M&Ms, Jay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we take them for granted now, and younger folks don't have any idea why they're special, but they definitely are, and I'm going to spend the next five minutes gushing about them. Oh, I can't wait. 1995, M&M's decided to do away with their classic tan M&M's, I guess because they already had the brown ones in there, and they did this big worldwide vote where everyone could call an 800 number and vote on a new color. Yeah, that was a big deal then. I I remember voting. Did you vote? Um, Let's say yes, because no one can prove that I didn't. (laughs) The choices were between pink, purple, and blue. And to me, like, that was a giant setup because this was the 1990s when blue junk food was this huge fad item. There was no way blue was going to lose that vote. It also doubles as Smurf poop when you're playing with your little action figures. It, God, oh my God, that's, uh, I, I, I'm taking it that I'm, you're speaking from experience, even though it was 1995 and you were already driving. No, no, I didn't have any, I didn't own any Smurfs at the time, but if I did... You bet your ass that would have happened. (laughs) Definite Smurf shit. Definite Smurf shit. Um, They gained 50%, actually more than 50% of the vote. So yeah, it was kind of a landslide. And wow, I was team blue all the way. I was obsessed with blue M&Ms. I was obsessed with them also. And it was weird because I really did have a life crisis because I wanted to vote pink. Pink would have been cool, but pink M&Ms, I don't know. It's just a little too Eastery. Just do like pink and black and have a Bret Hart tie-in. Mm, mm. Now you're talking. Yeah, right? a little Bret. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> there is. Uh, so this was the era when everything from berry blue jello to blue raz blow pops were all the rage. Like if you were a junk food and you wanted to be loved, all you had to do was be blue. That's true. <laughs> and even though they tasted just the same as every other color, I convinced myself that they were better. I was just about to disagree before you said that because I always felt that there was this underlying, subtle, extra sugariness of them. I'm telling you to this day, like if I get a bag of peanut M&Ms, let's say, and I put a blue one in my mouth, I'm like, this is better. Yeah, those blues were the best. As I'm sure you remember, another reason why they were such a big deal when they came out is because we grew up at a time when the schoolyard rumor was that blue food dye would kill you. Oh, yeah, I you, remember. You remember that, right? Yeah. So it was like, oh, my God, there's blue food now? That's amazing. Yeah, and then there was always, like, the one kid that you knew. Yeah, somebody's cousin is in the hospital from eating blue food. You really don't recall voting for this? I can't say that I recall actually calling the number, but I definitely remember the commercials with the 1-800-FUN color and thinking to myself, if pink or purple wins, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> In America today, an important national election is taking place, and your vote can make a difference. Pink, purple, blue. Vote for the new M&M's Cup and give America's chocolate a brighter future. Number six. Every moment spent with you is a moment I change. Willis, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck, Armageddon, a Jerry Bruckheimer production, directed by Michael Bay, rated PG-13, starts Wednesday, July 1st. All right, man, I'm going to take you back to the summer of 1998, and that is when a movie came out 
called Armageddon, and there was a Nestle's chocolate tie-in with that movie called The Nuclear Chocolate Bar. I got to congratulate you here because I did not think it was possible to find a 1990s promo candy that I had not heard of. I was did shocked it. that you didn't. Yeah, I, I was, I'm like, I feel like I have to like trade in all my cards. Like, how the fuck did I not know about this? The only reason why something like that was on my radar is because I used to work at the movie theater, which I've said a million times on the show, and that movie was huge that summer. Like well, I had to is, hear that is during your movie theater yeah. time, right? And I had to hear that stupid Aerosmith song like ten thousand times a day. It was the worst. I could stay awake just to hear you breathing. Till this day, I never watched that movie at all. Uh, I never but, saw it either. It's the only 1990s disaster film that I don't think I've seen. I did go to see it, but I fell asleep like three minutes in. <laughs> but, but one thing I do remember is this tie-in because they had these bars at the movies. And I, I just remember it was like a whole gimmick that they had Pop Rocks inside the chocolate. And it was supposed to give off this like nuclear effect. Which is, like, really clever. To me, tell me if I'm off base. I never had it, obviously, because I hadn't heard of it. It sounds like a Hershey's Crackle Bar with Pop Rocks mixed in. Like a Nestle Crunch, even. Yeah, totally. Okay, yeah, that does sound pretty good. I'm generally not a big fan of the whole Pop Rocks gimmick. It's a little bit like the kid version of adding gold leaf to an expensive dish. But in this case, I'll buy it. They call it popping candy particles that react or pop. And then this got all kinds of activists involved and. They were trying to say that Nestle was ignoring the whole negative effects of nuclear energy and all, you know, it became oh, yeah, this big I read controversy. About that. Watchdog yeah. groups actually like threatened to boycott and like, yeah, I'm sure the people who are threatening to boycott something like this were ever going to buy this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't seem like the target demo. Nowadays, everything's got to be overly safe. So, a reference... Yeah, but that's the thing. Everything is overly safe now. But even in those confines, I cannot imagine this being an issue. Could you imagine if people went up in arms today over fucking Pop Rocks in a bar of chocolate? If that bar came out now, though, it's like a direct reference to an atomic bomb that Bruce Willis blows up an asteroid with. Whatever the heck that movie's about. <laughs> people would be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, uh, there would be no way that movie would be canceled. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, the chocolate would be canceled, everything. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the chocolate here, I'm looking at eBay. Someone has it on there, and they want $300 for it. They have the actual bar? They do. Rotting old chocolate sounds like it's right up your alley. It is right up my alley, but I don't got $300. I don't got $30. <laughs> the thrill I can love this summer is now on video. Armageddon. Join an all-star cast in the biggest hit of the year. We are cooking, Houston. Armageddon. Rated PG-13. Now available to own on video. Number seven. Yo! I'm here for Hostess Grizzly Chomps, the snack cake for cool bears. Not bears that hibernate, side. Cool bears eat Hostess Grizzly Chomps. Chocolate with sprinkles, mmm, tastes great. I know, because I take a chomp out of every one before I put them in a the box. Chomp! Hostess Grizzly Chomps cakes. I start them, you can't finish them. The click sticks are coming. It's clinical mania. Now you can get a click stick free inside specially marked boxes of Hostess Grizzly Chomps. Enough already.
It is time for my final pick, and I'm very happy to be talking about this because over the years, I've had a lot of people ask me if I remember the name of this particular product. If anyone out there remembers eating cupcakes with a bite taken out of them already, those were Hostess Grizzly Chomps. <laughs> <laughs> I think these were from 1991, somewhere around there. And God, these things were a freaking circus, Jay. Oh, absolutely. So the idea is that you have this cartoon bear mascot who dressed in a Hawaiian shirt and for some reason spoke with a vaguely Cajun accent. Yeah, he was like this real cool guy. I'm Grizzly Bee and I'm going <laughs> to eat your cupcake. So his job was to bite every single Grizzly Chomps cupcake before they went out to stores. It sounds really dumb, but I don't know. I can't say I don't see a novelty factor. And I'm guessing that the missing bite was a covert way to highlight how Grizzly Chomps were 92% fat-free. Right, but I was going to ask you about that. So sure. are they saying that you're saving those calories because the chomp is gone? Or just in general, they're saying that it's like a healthier version of the snack cake? Jesus Christ, you, mean, you might as well ask me how the universe started. How the hell do I know? <laughs> But if I were to <laughs> guess, yes, less cupcake, less fat. That's the answer that you know a layman might go with. I, I have to. I mean, why the hell else are you going to market cupcakes with a bite taken out of them already? Hey, listen, we'll give them less of the cupcake, charge them the same amount, and say it's healthier for them. <laughs> what an asshole! Ninety-two percent fat-free. I mean, it's like I guess that was pretty good considering what a regular Hostess cupcake would be. Maybe it was made with one of those weird ingredients. It like definitely those Doritos was. Were. I I had no. It wasn't Olestra. We were before the Olestra period. <laughs> the illustrious Olestra period. <laughs> yes. So these were chocolate cupcakes with like an additional layer of chocolate frosting. They were kind of dry and not the best, but they were topped with a bunch of neon sprinkles. Mm -hmm. So they looked a little bit like birthday cupcakes. Mm -hmm. Yep. From what I could tell, they were not very successful. These days, they're considered a giant misfire, but I don't know. How can I not get behind the idea of a Cajun party animal <laughs> grizzly bear biting cupcakes? Yeah, I mean, you can't get any better than that. Mm-mm. <laughs> such a cool gimmick. When you told me about it, then it jogged my memory and I remembered it. Yeah, because when I first said, I'm going to bring up grizzly chomps, you're like, you're doing what? <laughs> <laughs> There's something about the phrase grizzly chomps that just causes zero retention in anyone's <laughs> mind. I don't have that problem because I have a framed wrapper on the wall next to me. <laughs> I'm Grizzly B, official spokesman for Hostess Grizzly Chomps. The snack cake for cool bears everywhere. Oh. Not bears who dance like this. Bears who dance like this. Not bears that hibernate. Die. Bears that shred. Not bears who eat honey. When cool bears want a snack, they eat Hostess Grizzly Chomps. Chocolate with sprinkles, mmm, tastes great. I know, cause I chomp everyone. See? Hostess Grizzly Chomps cakes. I start them, you can finish them. Number eight. I'm freezing, Superman! Uh-oh, sounds like Lisa and Scott are trapped in the icy cave of that frosty-faced felon, Captain Cold. This is a job for Superman. My fast freeze zapper will freeze Superman forever. No way, Captain. Dear kids, my new Superman hot cocoa mix is the super-tasting way to warm up. Mmm, it's really sweet. I'm 
And see, Captain Cold can't take this warm reception. New Superman Hot Cocoa. And for my last pick tonight, Matt, the Superman Hot Cocoa from 1983, which was your average hot chocolate marketed to kids, but with the Superman tie-in. Yeah, the thing about these old school Superman food products is that they weren't very, how do you say, souped up. They were very basic. It was actually kind of charming how simple they all were. Yeah, totally. Very simple and and shameless, I think you were going for, because back then you would have Superman on peanut butter and Superman on literally anything. So you slap them on hot chocolate and it becomes like an official DC Comics tie-in. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, like, he didn't have any shame. You're right. He would do anything. And, he, like, it's not just that he would lend out his likeness. This guy would shill so hardcore. The best part of this hot chocolate, at least for me, was uh, knowing that there was two different commercials for it, and they were both extremely different. The first one was a animated commercial that was produced just for this. It wasn't like they used stock footage or anything. And I always love... Well, given, when, the, given that the entire plot of the mini cartoon is hot chocolate, yeah, I don't think they had any existing footage that's going to fit the bill. But let's be honest, they could have just taken, like, superpowers cartoons or whatever and just used B-roll that they had of him flying around in space. True. And the amazing thing is that the animation quality is so far beyond yeah. that show. It's like a Disney animated feature. It was tremendous. And the whole plot of the thing is that Captain Cold steals these two kids, which was really creepy. He turns out to be a real creep. So these kids are in the <laughs> ice mountain and Superman comes and saves them. He throws Captain Cold. He just tosses them like yesterday's trash. And Superman provides the kids with two mugs of his own Superman hot chocolate. So he's like promoting his own product, which is great. You know, you have to say that this is all set up. So Superman actually risked these kids' lives so he would be able to say that the fucking hot chocolate saved lives. <laughs> exactly. It's like, kids, I know you are frostbitten. You have hypothermia. And you just had to hang out with Captain Cold for a half hour. Here's this hot chocolate. You'll be exactly. fine. That's what's so amazing about it. Like, these kids just went through this terrifying ordeal. And Superman's like, here's your hot chocolate. Now I'm going to turn this way and pitch it to everybody. <laughs> kids, my new Superman hot cocoa mix is the super tasting way to warm up. Mmm, it's really sweet. I'm chocolatey. <laughs> so the other commercial, as if that wasn't great enough, at least to me. I mean, man, I love that. The second one's even better, it though. It gets even better, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they've got uh, a bunch of kids kind of like getting a little rowdy live action kids yeah live action kids right this is so different from the last one right these kids are running around the house really rambunctiously and playing instruments like with a tennis racket and a broom or something no they are having the best day any kid has <laughs> ever had yeah there's no parents like it's like they have the run of the house right they're so full of glee you can't watch this when you're a kid in the 80s and not be jealous immediately. <laughs> exactly. And then you find out what the source of all this happiness is. Yeah, so this Superman hot cocoa <laughs> really got them, like, super happy, like, to do a concert from their house and make up a song about Superman hot cocoa. <laughs> It's a real catchy tune, too. It it's really like, is. you know, I'm watching this and I'm not surprised that it made such an impact on you. Like, how could you not watch this and just like be, hey, Ma, we got to go to the store right now? 
So the first commercial had this great custom animation, and the second one, it had a custom theme song. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, it's how much money was spent on this. Yeah. It's insane. Like, <laughs> they had completely dueling campaigns. Yeah, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So, long story short is that I now am a proud owner of a box of Superman Hot Cocoa. Oh, you did it. You pulled the trigger. I did it because on the box it says it's made from good things like Dutch cocoa, real milk, and NutraSweet. Oh my god, they used NutraSweet? I didn't even know that was around back then. That's incredible. They had a sugar-free version of this. Way ahead of its time, I would say. It is. Superman, very progressive. He is. And he's always watching his figure. Matt, that was our chocolate show. How do you feel about it? Oh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's my fake sugar high from my fake sugar pudding. But yeah, I had a good time talking about chocolate. (laughs) Chocolate. Chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. I thought it was a blast. And one of these subjects that I never thought we'd be able to do a whole show on. Oh, man, you know what? I think what we found out tonight is that we could have done several because I am very proud of us for not going with a bunch of really obvious things. Exactly. And let's figure them out right now. Let's go through them. So you want me to go through yours? Sure. So, Matt, you had uh, a hell of a selection here. Very, very big selections. The blue M&M, when they did the whole voting situation. Mm-hmm. 1-800-FUN-COLOR. Love that. Striped Chips Ahoy that were like jail cell cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, the E.T. cereal, which doubles as a UFO for uh, E.T. Think about what that script looked like. <laughs> E.T. arrives in a giant cereal box. Kids look in awe. <laughs> Mouths agape. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had your Grizzly Chomps, which had a bite taken out of them, and they marketed them as like health foods. <laughs> yes, I just want to point out that the tagline of them was, quote, barely any fat. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. I'm going to be dropping the Grizzly Chomps. Oh. <laughs> man, E.T. cereal is definitely going to stay for me. I'm going to drop the Striped Chips Ahoy because I like Keebler back then more. I think they did steal a little bit from Keebler. I really do. Right now, I'm going to be going between the E.T. cereal and the Blue M&M. Man, that is a tough one. That is really tough. I got to go with the E.T. cereal just because that's my sentimental favorite. Yeah, I feel like this one is the most your vibe out of everything I brought up tonight. Yeah, close and, second. And no, I, I, I have to admit, yeah. I didn't realize you had such animosity towards the Striped Chips Ahoy, but you live and you learn. I always felt like the aura surrounding the Chips Ahoy was unwarranted. Like, I felt like they were blown way out of proportion because I remember the first time I had a Chips Ahoy, it was so built up in my head. And then when I finally had it, I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. They're, you know, they're not that great. <laughs> what the hell? Did you did you not have a Chips Ahoy until you were 12? I think I might have been six months old when they were feeding me those. I don't remember the first time I ate one. I just always have been. 
<laughs> so E.T. Serial is your pick. Yes, because I want to be in a cereal box spaceship. You want to fly away in a giant box of cereal? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah, it would. All right, let me go through yours. You <laughs> like, up- yeah, I wish he would. <laughs> Uh, you brought up the Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies. You brought up the Superman Hot Cocoa Mix, sugar-free. Superman Hot Cocoa. Free superpower sticker inside. God, that was a selling point. I could just imagine you and your fucking Superman underoos. Ma! 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 <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that because I actually have a picture in my Superman underoos holding my Superman doll and waving up in the air as if I'm going to go take off into the sky. Here's my shocked face. <laughs> You brought up the Snackwell's cookies, in particular the Devil's Food cookie cakes. Yes. Kind of look like uh, hockey pucks a little bit. And you brought up the Nestle Nuclear Chocolate, the tie-in with Armageddon, a movie that neither of us have seen, but you have seen uh, three minutes of. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay, so I'm going to knock out... That's funny that you said that, because now I want to eat a hockey puck. Yeah, mm. Mm. I'm going to knock out the nuclear chocolate. Something about the green and black color palette on that box just does not strike me as uh, appetizing. I'm going to knock out the Superman hot cocoa mix. Superman hot cocoa. And I came into the show expecting Snackwells to take the victory. But now that I know that cosmic fucking brownies are based on (laughs) cosmic bowling, that is my pick. All right. I'm glad. See, I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, Little Debbie, the old standby. I'm glad you went with it. So we have the Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies and the um, E.T. Cereal. So I think it was a good night. The really neat thing is that people can go out and have a Cosmic Brownie right now. And apparently if they want E.T. Cereal, all they have to do is get a box of fucking Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> yeah, and put some like peanut butter protein powder in it or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a faithful recreation. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, you had asked me if I had an issue if you brought this up. Since it's chocolate peanut butter, I felt like that shouldn't have been on the show. Number one... If that's how you felt, you should have told me. What do you think I was asking you for? <laughs> You're not supposed to say no. That's but fine. I still picked it, so it's it's all good. I would have picked it no matter what. I'm just saying, like, so, so what I, you're saying is, in the future, you, I just I should never a, take your advice. No, we have to have a sequel now. That's chocolate peanut butter because oh, I, God, that's I, the better. I could do that. I mean, that's just the on, better subject. We could just talk about peanut butter Twix, the original version, for fucking forty five minutes. <laughs> That'll be a cinch. Maybe on the next episode of the Purple Stuff Podcast. (laughs) We'll see. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You guys are the best. We really appreciate it. And, you know, spread it around. Let your friends know. Spread it around. Is that like a Snickers girth situation? (laughs) As a reminder, the Purple Stuff Podcast is also on Patreon. We are. Patreon.com slash Purple Stuff. That's where you can get our exclusive bonus shows every month, including this month where we did, the hell did we do? Some eBay dive. Tales from the Crypt to the Crypt Keeper. the Crypt Keeper. It was a good one. Mm, It was a good one. Definitely. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We had a great time. We'll be back real soon. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. See you next time.
And you are listening to the Purple Purple Stuff Podcast.